Hello, fellow systems engineers. Welcome back to our new podcast episode. This time with a guest and I would say a good friend from the United States, Jason Mac C. Smith. Here he is. There he is. <laughs> Hi, Jason, <everybody. laughs> would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. Thanks, Kristen. Um, first, thanks to you, to you and Tim for having me on today. This is, this is exciting. Uh, I'm Jason McComb Smith and I'm the vice president and technical director of the object management group or OMG, probably the best acronym ever accidentally created. <laughs> and, uh, I live in the U.S. I'm up in the Seattle area of Washington state. Um, where we hope to see the sun sometime by April. And uh, the my background is actually, um, I come from academia and industry, and now I'm at the OMG doing uh, specifications development. Mm -hmm. Okay. And well, when did you come to the OMG? So when, when did you join? Oh, boy. Um, I actually started as a member representative, uh, 2010, 2011. Um, my employer at the time was a, uh, longstanding member of OMG, um, mm -hmm. still is. And they were the ones who introduced me to the community as, uh, as a member, just coming in and, and working on technical concerns. Um, yeah, they've, they're, they're still, yeah, they're still with us. And, uh, a lot of our, a lot of our member companies actually been around for decade, two decades. Um, few of them actually with us the entire 32 years. Uh, anyway, I was a member. Um, I chaired the architecture uh, driven modernization task force and wrote co-authored a couple of specifications. Um, then I was elected to the architecture board, which is an oversight board within the OMG. And all of this is as a member. Mm -hmm. And then uh, in October of 2019, the OMG, uh, the organization to actually come on board as an employee. Um, and I have to say it's been a very interesting 14 months on the job. Uh, <laughs> absolutely almost nothing about the organization is the same as when I started. Um, yet we've worked exceedingly hard to make sure that the, uh, the essentials and the critical elements have endured through all of this, um, uh, in our transparency and our processes and, uh, fidelity of technical excellence and all of that is has uh, absolutely maintained through all of this but yeah i've been uh, i've been with omg in various capacities for just about 10 years wow. loved every minute of wow. it. so uh what we like to show our uh, listeners today is how omg works uh but before that maybe you can describe uh, one 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 more time what the omg is and what the omg does Uh, Jason, I fear we lost your audio. Yeah, we can see you very well, but we cannot hear you. Mm -mm. Still not. <laughs> mm -mm. Of course, no. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it worked all the time, but yeah, worked half an hour before. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we need a new screen uh, solving te technical issues. So 
<laughs> but trust us. Is that better? Is oh, yeah, much yeah, better. Much better. Much <laughs> so you can hear me now? Yes. Yes. Excellent. Okay. <laughs> so always a technical difficulty somewhere along the line, isn't there? So, uh, what is the OMG? Um, yes. OMG is actually, uh, well, clear something up. There are two entities that operate as the OMG, uh, and they, you'll hear them both referred to by that name. So just to clear it up real quick. Uh, first is the community that I'm here to mostly talk about with you today, which is the Specifications Development Organization, or SDO. Uh, a lot of people would refer to it as a Standards Development Organization, but there's a distinction there we can talk about later. Mm -hmm. Most SDOs have a focus, including ours. Ours happens to be on modeling and ontologies. So uh, ways to describe complex systems such that they can be expressed precisely, communicated with others, and reasoned about in in formal ways. Um, we're kind of the the watering hole in the oasis on the savanna where all of the animals come together. Uh, we're the neutrals area where competitors in industry come together to collaborate and work on common solutions to common problems. Um, the second OMG entity is the organization as a whole. And the originally the organization and the SDO were one and the same. But over time, we realized that uh, we're actually rather good at creating and supporting communities. And we had other communities pop up. Uh, in 2010, we had CISC, the Consortium for Information and Software Quality. Um, and they work closely with the SDO to uh, create and shepherd specifications into our system. Um, we also, in 2014, we had the Industrial Internet Consortium, which is sort of an industrial IoT group. Uh, 2019, we had DDS Foundation, Data Distribution Services Foundation, as well as BPM Plus Health for business process modeling in the healthcare space. And last year, we launched the Digital Twin Consortium, uh, which is everything to do with digital twins, simulation, prediction, uh, calibration, synchronization, all that good stuff. Uh, so we're really now, we're a community of communities. We're a whole ecosystem around this. And the SDO operates as the uh, sort of the linchpin in a lot of ways for uh, specifications and uh, providing process support to the other communities um, when they have something that they would like to, to uh, get out there into industry in a more formal way. Um, all of our communities are volunteer-based. Uh, they're the ones who make it all happen. We say that we are a member-driven organization, and we mean that very, very clearly and, and precisely. Um, everything that happens at OMG happens through our membership, uh, whether it is deciding the policies and procedures or determining uh, what the shape of our conferences are going to be. And every bit of technical work that is done at OMG is done by our, our membership. Um, OMG, the organization, simply provides the space for them to do that and the support for their communities. But it's uh, everything that that is published by OMG in the end actually originates from our membership. And how many members are in the OMG? We have uh, over 300 members right now. And we have mm -hmm. what we have is member companies. Um, some organizations have individual members. We only have companies as members. Uh, we have, I think it's a, just shy of 350 actually at the moment. 
but uh, they range in size from you know international global con you know, conglomerates down to single individual consultancies, mm -hmm. uh, and they are everywhere in the world. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, uh, yeah, Tim, go on. Uh, um, the OMG has branches in other countries. I remember in, in Germany there was an organization that they said they are the OMG or responsible for right. all this stuff and uh, did a lot of OMG information days, uh, so one day conferences. Yeah, we actually have we have groups that we work with all around the globe. Mm -hmm. uh, the we have representatives and uh, uh, sort of satellite offices pretty much everywhere um i think we're i think we're actually in six of the seven continents and i keep hoping for antarctica but nothing yet so <laughs> <laughs> okay and then you mentioned uh, an interesting fact so you said omg is a standards development organization so what is what is uh, the difference between standards and specifications or is that, there a difference there actually is. that's a good question um there is a distinction in a in a very technical and legal sense standards are uh adopted by nation states countries so like iso international standards organization uh, their membership are nations they're not companies they're not individuals they're actually nations uh, so a standard is one that has been adopted by a, a, uh, a national government body. Um, it, otherwise, it's a technical specification. It's a technical document that has been adopted by a community or an industry. And, you know, of course, informally, most people will refer to specifications as standards, you know, the HTML standard or, you know, uh, what have you. Um, but there actually is a distinction. So when we talk about uh, what we produce, we try and always try and always use the word specifications, but sometimes we slip up um, and refer to them as standards. Uh, but yeah, correctly, they are specifications. Oh, okay. And some OMG technologies are also ISO standards, right? So yeah, UML and, and SysML, I, I know that for sure. Uh, so what's what's the relationship between OMG and ISO? So we have. Um, I think the current count is 13 specifications that have been ratified as ISO standards. Okay. And we have a bit of a special relationship between OMG and ISO. Um, what, uh, what we've done over the years is work clo closely with ISO to make sure that what we do uh, is more or less ISO conformant. Uh, if you look at an OMG published specification, uh, the, the format, the document, et cetera, it is the ISO format. In fact, if you take, uh, if you grab one of the, the OMG specifications for like UML or SysML off of our website and you then go to the ISO, uh, site and pay for theirs, ours are free, theirs are paid. Uh, <laughs> the only difference is the cover page. That's it. Everything else is exactly the same. So it's, uh, um, yeah, we work extremely closely with them. We have what is, uh, uh, called a publicly accessible standard status, which means that they have vetted our processes. Uh, they have taken a look at the quality of our output over the years, and we're essentially on a fast track. So if we mm -hmm. take one of our specifications into ISO, um, we have a, uh, a unique position within the within their processes. And frequently, it's a six to nine month process to get one of our specifications through ISO. 
Um, in fact, we tend to be so much faster than they are that our process time plus getting the fast track time is usually less than their regular process time. So it's uh, it's an option for some people. <laughs> so they never do changes to the specifications except the, the cover. Sometimes page. they do. Sometimes they do. There are sometimes okay. minor requests that are made. Um, but uh, yeah, for the most part, it's it's exactly the same document. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. And so let's let's go a little bit deeper into how how OMG works. So one one of the places where these specifications are worked out is a technical meeting. Can you explain to our uh, listeners yeah. what a technical meeting is? Sure. So a technical meeting is a conference that happens four times a year. Um, used to be face to face. This year has been a little challenging. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, we have, you know, we, we have adapted to the, the new environment and we've been running virtual conferences. Um, they are a week long. They run, uh, from Monday through Friday. And actually, if you don't mind, I have some slides here that I can yeah. show and, and demonstrate a little bit of, uh, what it looks like as far as from a structural viewpoint, because that's really sort of the, that's really important to understanding what goes on during this conference week. Okay, so from the evening sessions. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a very interesting it's a very interesting time. I will say mm -hmm. that I uh, coming from academia and industry, this is OMG is the most interesting confluence of the two approaches I've ever seen. It has the the idealistic and uh, uh, you know, let's do incredible things of academia and it has the pragmatic, we need to get things done of industry mm -hmm. all in the same place. And it's, it's fantastic. <laughs> but, uh, this is the, this is the structure of, uh, OMD as a, as an SDO. Um, and we have the, from the top down, we have the board of directors, which is our, our business oversight. Uh, they are elected from our membership. We have the architecture board, which is a technical oversight board. Again, elected from the membership. Uh, we then have a split between our two technology committees, Domain and Platform. And Domain is uh, focused on specific industries such as finance, healthcare, um, space exploration, uh, one that's near and dear to my heart, you might notice in the background. Um, just a ton of, uh, of uh, very industry-focused task forces. And then on the other side, we have the platforms, which are analysis and design. Um, uh, artificial intelligence. These are technologies and concepts that cross cut across a number of industries. So these task force organization lets you, lets you focus on specific industries or on horizontal technologies. Um, the, it, the task forces meet all week. Um, and they, uh, they will discuss their particular agendas. Um, if they have documents that need to be reviewed, they will bring them to the architecture board for review during the week. The architecture board will then recommend whether or not a, um, uh, a document, a technology, something should be recommended. It will go back to the technology committee and they will actually vote on whether to move it forward. Um, it's kind of a bit of a back and forth and, and we can go into that later if you'd like. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, four days of everybody running around, bouncing from meeting to meeting, making sure that they're collaborating and, and are in communication with each other. And then on Friday, 
everything comes together and we have the plenary session, which is where the technical committees meet and they do the final votes and, and move things forward. Mm -hmm. um, that's always kind of an interesting day because you get to see everything that has happened that week and everything that is going to be happening at the next meeting. Uh, it's a wonderful way of kind of catching up and getting prepared for the next cycle. Um, and we have a uh, uh, webinar actually tomorrow Ooh. that uh, we're going to be doing that. So if anybody is interested to find out more, uh, hop over to the omg.org website and we will uh, you can find the link there for uh, yeah. we'll be talking tomorrow. Cool. So maybe as a side information for our German listeners. So we have even a German board of director member. So uh, Uwe Kaufmann is on the board of directors. Yes. Maybe uh, listeners know him. Um, and you mentioned also the architecture board. And I think it's an interesting fact. What, uh, yeah, what requirements uh, are prerequisites are set for architecture member boards uh, okay. people. So, yeah, so the architecture board is, um, it, it's a wonderful group of people. These are individuals who have been uh, nominated by their peers within the group um, to basically represent OMG's uh, uh, technical review. So it's, um, they look at they, they do a technical oversight they look at every document that comes through they make sure that it fits sort of within our larger specification ecosystem so that we don't have groups that are stepping on each other's toes or you know we're not leaving gaps within our ecosystem we want to make sure that that uh, uh what comes out is fit to purpose and is also uh of high quality um so it's a, it tends to be a bit of a, a gauntlet for folks coming through. Uh, and Christian, I know you've, you've been through it. <laughs> the, uh, um, it, it, these are exceedingly bright people, but it's, they're nominated by their peers and they're elected by their peers. There are five architecture board members from the domain technical committee and five from the platform technical committee. Mm -hmm. Uh, they put a tremendous amount of time and effort into, into mm -hmm. every meeting cycle. Um, but uh, yeah, we have an election every year and it's it's a good group. It's a lot of fun. I'm the chair of the architecture board and uh, it's it's a, a task I greatly enjoy. Okay. So is it true that uh, they need a confirmation letter of their companies that they get spare time <laughs> for their work? Yeah, actually it's they dedicate so much time that one of the one of the things that we require is a letter from their employer saying that they are allowed to use up to 25% of their official employment time to work on this. Um, it's, it's a lot. I mean, when you have, well, my first meeting as, as an architecture board member, my very first document was a 1600 page specification in a domain that I had never worked in. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I don't think they were hazing me, but I'm still not sure. It was, <laughs> it was a couple of, uh, it was a couple of weeks of dedicated effort to get through that document mm -hmm. and give it the, the, uh, attention to detail that it needed. Um, it's, it's a ton of work and it continues on even after the meetings. Uh, right now we have multiple architecture board members who are working with groups to, 
make sure that their uh, their documents and what they're producing is of top-notch quality and uh, meshes well with everything else that we have. Mm -hmm. Great. Um, coming back to the technical meetings, so where are the meetings held? Um, oh, in most cases, well, <laughs> right now. <laughs> right now, virtually, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, so every March, we try and have a meeting in Western Virginia in the Washington, D.C. area. Mm -hmm. And that's sort of our, our one uh, regular meeting location. Um, every December, we try and do one on the west coast of the U.S., uh, usually California. June and September kind of bounce around. Uh, June alternates between somewhere in North America and somewhere in Europe. And then September is free-floating. It could be anywhere, any year, and we leave that one wide open. Uh, but we try and hit the... the at least major geographic areas. Um, we're talking about getting back to Asia, which mm -hmm. uh, about 10 years ago was was one of our regular locations. Um, I believe June was actually alternating between Europe and Asia uh, mm -hmm. pr uh, previously. Um, but yeah, right now it's, it's North America and Europe, although we really would love to expand that back out again once travel becomes possible. <laughs> <laughs> what was your favorite meeting location? Ever? Oh, probably Brussels. Brussels, <laughs> really? <laughs> it, was, it was a nice meeting. I remember that one. It was a nice meeting. Yeah. It was. Uh, the, uh, that was one that my that uh, my wife was able to accompany me on, yeah, and yeah. we had gotten married the year before, so we had a few days yeah. in Paris beforehand, oh. and it, it was a good trip. <laughs> yeah, my my highlight was Nashville. So I loved the Nashville meeting Nashville with all fun. the music in the in downtown. And <laughs> yeah was great. <laughs> Nashville was a lot of fun. <laughs> okay, so but coming back to the specification process, <laughs> it's also a lot of fun. Uh, <laughs> but I think it's more fun than, than people expect. Um, hmm. I, I it love is. the work, so it's, it's very interesting. It's, it's the best training. <laughs> you learn a lot. Um, so uh, last year, yes, it was last year, we had a, a German episode in this podcast about the, the history of SysML. So maybe that's that's a good example to explain the OMG process. So in that episode, we used okay. a lot of abbreviations like RFE, RFP, and so on, but we <laughs> did not explain them. So it's, uh, maybe it's time to explain them now. Um, if I remember correctly, it was 2002. Um, when the OMG published the request for information, the RFI, for right. UML for systems engineering, also known as SysML. So is, is that the starting point uh, of, of a specification development? And, and who starts the request for information? It can be. Uh, do you mind if I share my screen again? Yes, have... please. Okay. So there's really five phases of uh, what happens with the specification at OMG. And we like to think of this as a conversation. This is a conversation that's happening between industry, between our membership, and between the organization. And the very first thing you have to do in getting towards the specification is ask, what's the problem? And so if there's you know a market awareness of a problem or you know problem arises in industry, um, you know, people become aware of the problem, but they're really not quite sure of the shape of it. Uh, that's that blue 
layer across the top is is public and industry. Uh, the yellow in the middle is is OMG membership, and then teal at the bottom is is uh, the results of our our processes through the organization. So market becomes aware of a problem. Um, they can come to us as an organization and we will help them find a task force that is dedicated to that domain or that platform technology, somewhere that it fits and makes sense that they have access to experts. And the task force will form uh, questions about that particular problem space and try and find out more. And then they will publish an RFI, Request for Information. That RFI then goes back out into industry. And at this point, we're like, okay, we, we have an idea of what the problem looks like, but we need to, we need to, you know, gather more information and start to form the shape of a solution. So we go out, the RFI goes out, the public, anybody in, in the world can respond to an RFI. And we encourage that as much as possible. We want to get everybody involved in the conversation, get as much information as we can. So the industry responses are gathered, they come back to the task force. The task force then uses that information to help hammer out a set of requirements. In other words, what is the what, what is the solution going to have to look like in this problem space? What is it going to have to address explicitly and concretely? And the task force uh, defines those requirements and then authors an RFP or request for proposals. That then goes back out into industry. And that's where I think a lot of people start to hear about uh, OMG processes is probably at the RFP stage. But there's, an, there's that entire early section of the conversation where um, we really encourage people to get involved because they get to help shape not just the solution, but the shape of the problem. And, you know, as system engineers, you know that uh, defining the problem is often a major part of, this, of defining the solution. Mm -hmm. So it's it's this back and forth between you know these three different uh, these three different groups of the public, the task forces, and the organization. Um, but yeah, that's uh, the RFI and the RFP. The RFP goes out into into the public. Um, anybody can at that point say that they have a, a an intent to contribute intellectual property or, a, sol or a, a, a solution towards a specification. And that's where we gather what we call letters of intent, very, you know, obviously named. Um, anybody in the world can file a letter of intent. It's not a contract. It's simply a, you know, raising your hand and saying, hey, we, we, we think we'd like to help out on this. Um, at that point, the those who have filed letters of intent uh, can form into submission teams and this is where SysML v2 is right now, mm -hmm. is that submission team works together outside of the OMG processes. This is their own private, their own private doing. Uh, they work together to try and form a solution amongst themselves. And the wrinkle is that only OMG members can actually formally submit a proposal, which is why that next box is partially blue and partially yellow. It's uh, uh, you don't have to be an OMG member to be part of the submission team, but you must be an OMG member as a company to actually submit the specification proposal into the OMG processes. Um, you know, have your your company on the copyright and all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. So there's a 
there's also a um, uh, being an OMG member in that capacity also gives you uh, a tremendous voice in what happens to the specification later on in the process that you don't have if you are simply a member of the submission team. So proposals come in, they go to the task force that issued the RFP. The task force evaluates the submission or submissions if they get more than one, and they oversee the authoring of a final specification. That specification is now put out in sort of a beta testing format. Um, we call it a beta specification for a reason. Uh, it goes out into the public. Anybody can download it. They can kick the tires. They can test it out. And they provide feedback to us to what is called a finalization task force or an FTF. And that FTF takes the issues that are filed. We use, we use JIRA as a tracking system. And they address each and every issue that comes in. They're not allowed to just ignore things. Um, it must be uh, reconciled in one way or another. Even if the reconciliation is deferred, we're not going to do this right now, we'll do it later. But each and every issue that comes in from the public must be addressed. And at that point, we have a .o specification. We've got a 1.0, a 2.0, um, and it goes back as a formally published specification of the OMG. Now it's out there for public to download, uh, to implement, to adopt in their industry. But we're not done because there's always the chance that there may be a bug. So mm -hmm. we want to make sure it's a stable solution moving forward. And that's where the revision task force is chartered. It's an RTF uh, for short. And it acts much like the finalization task force, but in an ongoing basis. So we'll have a 1.1 RTF, a 1.2 RTF, et cetera, et cetera. As the specification evolves through time, we make sure that there's always a group that is ready and willing to uh, receive and accept and address any issues that are found. And that bumps up the, the minor version number, at which point it goes right back into the next RTF. So this is a, this is an ongoing, discussion. Um, what's the problem? What's the solution? Is it suitable? Is it robust? And is it stable? And at some point in time, we usually realize that we can do more or industry comes to us and says, you know what, we think we can do more. And we start the whole process over again. Mm -hmm. um, but it's, uh, you end up with a 2.0, 3.0, etc. So mm -hmm. this is the this is the overall general view of of uh, the evolution of the specification. And I am hand-waving away every single OMG process in this because those all happen between the gold and the teal down there at the bottom. Um, there's a ton there as well, but <laughs> I, I will stop there unless you guys want me to continue. <laughs> uh, are there any timing constraints? So um... Between an RFI and RFP, there must be a maximum only one year or something like that. Or there are there are there are constraints. We have the the uh, infamous PNP policies and procedures document, which outlines the entire timeline. Mm -hmm. uh, everything from uh, you know an RFI should have a guideline of uh, you know, six to twelve months to give companies sufficient time to respond. Mm -hmm. um, one thing that a lot of people forget is that companies also need to have their uh, their legal department usually sign off on their response, mm -hmm. and that tends to be the biggest the, the, the biggest delay that we see. So uh, 
when you have engineers in the room and they're like, oh yeah, we'll, we'll give them three months. It'll be fine. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> the engineers will be ready in three months. Legal department may take longer. So uh, we try to say, you know, nine to 12 months for an RFI. Um, the RFP, when it goes out, uh, the absolute shortest time that you can do is six months. Mm -hmm. uh, it's possible. Um, you have to really put your ducks in a row and make sure that everything is lined up exactly right. Uh, because the deadlines are, uh, very firm and they center around our conferences. Um, and the conferences, while they are every three months, they are not exactly every 91 and a quarter days. So, mm -hmm. um, sometimes there's a, there's a, you know, there'll be a week earlier or a week later than expected. And, uh, that can cause some issues, but for the most part, we, uh, yeah, it's, we, we try to make sure that, uh, everything goes out with sufficient time such that folks in public and industry have plenty of time to gather their thoughts, put together a solution or a response and, uh, get it back to us in with, with uh, copious amounts of time. Mm-hmm. What's the longest time between RFP and the submission? For example, this might be two. The RFP was December 2017. Right. So three years ago, but it's still running. <laughs> it's it, yeah, it can it can it can still run. The um, when it comes to you know small, very focused specifications, um, we've done it in as little as 18 months from beginning to end. Mm -hmm. uh, from issuance of an RFP all the way to the final adoption of an FTF, 18 months, which is fast. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, when we know that it's going to be an exceedingly large, complicated uh, specification like SysML v2, um, then yes, it's, it's just mm -hmm. basically make sure that everybody has the time that they need. Uh, one of the nice things is that once you get past the initial submission stage and that submission goes into the final in, in sorry into the task force um, for review uh there you enter the revised submission stage and that's where everything gets hammered out mm -hmm. that can actually be shortened at any time that the task force says yep we're done we gave ourselves a year but we did it in three months we're done they can move forward so um we have some flexibility built in but Yes, it can be a very fast or a very long process, depending on the complexity of the solution that's being hammered out. Mm -hmm. Okay. So for our live watchers, you can also use uh, the Ooh. chat, the live chat and ask some questions that we will refer to Jason, uh, if you have some. And in the meantime, I would have another question. So let's assume I'm not a member, my company, my employer is not a member, but I mm -hmm. want to check that out. Can I just sign up for a meeting and how can I do the, the OMG experience? <laughs> well, the OMG experience. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's, that's it in a nutshell. For those of you who haven't been to conferences, it is, um, it's nine in the morning to five at night of extremely intense technical work, lots of discussion, uh, argument. It's, it's lively. It's, it's very serious. And in the evenings, it's not. 
it, it's an incredible, an incredible experience. Um, but yeah, if anybody wants to get involved, uh, a couple of ways. First of all, that entire blue track across the top of the uh, the, the prior slide, responding to R RFI, um, getting involved with the submission team, uh, hammering out you know issues on a specification and filing issues with us. All of that anyone can do at any time. That is completely open to the public. You can be part of the conversation through that route. If you want to come to the OMG, uh, there's a couple of different ways you can do it. One is uh, wait, a couple of different ways you can do it without becoming a full member. Let me put it that way. Um, we frequently have uh, what we call meet and greets, and these are usually domain focused uh, mini conferences that happen during our regular technical committee meetings. They'll usually happen in the evening and we will have guest speakers and it's a way to come and find out what a what OMG is doing on a particular topic or in a particular domain. Um, it's a great networking opportunity. Uh, they're low cost. They are uh, exceedingly lively and it's just a lot of fun. And it's a great way to kind of get your feet wet. Um, Sometimes uh, we we will offer, I don't want to make any promises, <laughs> sometimes we will offer uh, folks a guest pass for a day or two if there's a particular meeting that they really would like to sit on. on. Um, they, of course, don't have any voting power in those meetings, um, but uh, yeah, they can come see what it's all about and uh, try and decide you know what level of, of interaction they would like to get. Um, but of course, there's also become a member. And when you become a member, uh, the, you have a voice with an OMG, you have an official vote. And we have kind of an interesting and unique uh, feature of OMG. And that is, it's one vote per company, not one vote per person, which means that IBM and Microsoft have exactly the same amount of official voting power as a one person consultancy. This is kind of unique for an SDO. Yeah. Normally, it's normally it's uh, it's done on a per representative basis, and we do it on a per company basis. And uh, we feel that this really helps elevate the voices of uh, individuals um, from smaller companies who may otherwise not get an opportunity to uh, be heard in a larger environment. Mm -hmm. So this is it's it, it's a it, it's a feature, not a bug. <laughs> We're really proud of that little bit. Uh, you said that OMG is a member-driven organization, so all the specification work is done by the members. And I think that's that's an interesting point because the members do not get any money for that. Uh, well, it's vice versa. They must pay for that they can work for the OMG, so to say. <laughs> um, and well, they have to spend a lot of time um, in the specification work, I think because most of them do this because it's it's their passion and lifeblood. So, um, but are there right. other ways to to keep this process running so that that they they work on standards like like System LV two, which is a very complex one that's able that the people work in their spare time mm -hmm. uh, in most cases uh, for for some years on on the standards. So, yeah. What, what attracts people? It, well, I think it's, like you said, it's passion. It's it, these are these are members, all individuals who are here because they want to be. 
mm-hmm. and because they see the value of having uh, specifications, standards. Um, they see the value of that because it, uh, you know, it, it helps lay foundations for innovation later. Uh, if, you know, everybody had to choose their, you know, their appliances based on the electrical plugs they had in their house, based on the plug vendor that the house builder selected when it was originally built, it would be insane. But we have standardized plugs and it makes things easier. Mm-hmm. So people come here because they see specific problems that they would pretty much like to get out of the way and for their industry and say, we would love to stop spending time on this particular problem. Everybody's beating their head against this wall. Let's just get together, solve it once and for all and move on to the next thing because that's the fun part. So it's, it it is, it's people who are passionate about not only uh, working on the specific problems that uh, come to us at OMG, but because they want to get to what's next. They want to get to the next interesting thing. Um, and that's a, I think it's a passion that everybody there shares. Yeah. Yeah. There's always a special energy there at the meeting. So I think it's absolutely. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. It's, uh, it's always a bit hopeful and, uh, um, yeah, I really miss the face-to-face meetings right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree. So I would I like to come back to the point, or Tim, do you have an additional question? Yeah, maybe one last question about, about the members. Um, sometimes people say OMG stands for old man group, so um, yeah. <laughs> but there, there are many old people. Maybe I'm also one of them. So, <laughs> uh, but, um, is it real? Is, 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 uh, are most members of, or persons at the OMG meetings or in the groups are old, or is it not true anymore? Um, I would say it's getting less true, thankfully. The uh, but yeah, it's it's been uh, it's it's been an issue because the folks who generally have the most expertise in the industry to see the large scale problems and to see the possibilities of those large scale solutions do tend to be those who have more years in the industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do tend to be skew a little bit older, and um, that's it's great when it is a you know a base of expertise and a base of wisdom for lack of a better word um but we absolutely are uh reaching out and making sure that we continue to have folks come in from younger and younger demographics because there is no there's no age restriction on Mm -hmm. innovation and there's no age restriction on uh solving problems and being part of this conversation. So we're, you know, we encourage everybody to come be a part of the conversation is really the, the easiest way to put it. Um, there's, uh, there's a space here for pretty much anybody and everybody. And the folks who are a little bit older, uh, love to mentor. So (laughs) it's a, it's a fantastic opportunity for, uh, folks who may be earlier in their careers to come, uh, get firsthand advice and firsthand knowledge from folks who have, who have uh, been there and seen that. So it's, it's a fantastic place for everyone. Mm-hmm. So one way to attract younger people would be to include academia and universities. So mm-hmm. is there a special program for them? Actually, there is. Uh, we have our academia working group, which is always looking for ways to do outreach. 
Uh, we also have a special membership level for our universities and uh, it's one membership. Again, since we do one membership per company, uh, one membership, and I believe it is a whopping sum of $500 US, covers the entire university, all faculty, all staff, and all students. So anyone who wishes to come in under our university banner, that's a fantastic way to do it. Uh, we work with a number of graduate departments, and we have just started, actually, <laughs> We announced it right before everything shut down. So our timing was excellent. <laughs> uh, we are starting poster sessions where we are inviting, uh, hopefully, um, universities around the areas that we are going to be physically located at uh, to work with us and help get their graduate students and their undergraduates uh, in front of, a, you know, a, a community of experts that are extremely interested to see what's next mm -hmm. and this is a, a great opportunity for them so um that's information on that is available on our website as well um oh yeah one one quick note if anybody ever wants more information about what's going on at omg uh you can email us at info at omg.org so short sweet to the point uh mail us and we'll be happy to answer any questions that you have but uh yeah, that academic outreach is is something we we're feeling uh, rather strongly about, and uh, we think it has a, a tremendous amount of opportunity for us. Okay, and, and we for have... the <laughs> <laughs> and we have a question from the audience. Dominic asks: Can national agencies be members of OMG? And if yes, are uh, are conflicts of national interests ever be a problem in technical meetings? Oh, good one. Uh, yes, national agencies can be uh, <clears throat> can be OMG members. In fact, we have a government level for exactly that purpose. Um, <clears throat> I don't think that we've ever had a conflict of interest uh, bubble up and be exposed within our environment. Uh, the folks who come from government are all, um, you know, professional. They're exceptional at uh, making sure that uh, what goes on. Uh, what they bring to our environment is is appropriate. Um, no, I'm trying to think. I don't think we've had a, a conflict of interest of that particular kind. Uh, it's we're we're not a because because we're not a standards development organization. We don't have nations mm -hmm. as our our members, so we don't have to have to worry about particular you know issues around that. Um, but yeah, we have member uh, NIST, National Institute of Standards and Technologies here in, in the US is one of our members. Uh, believe that the, well, I'll just stop exposing my ignorance and instead say NIST. Yes, we actually absolutely have NIST. And I know that we have others as well. So <laughs> what, what membership level is JPL? Is it governmental or is it? Oh, good question. I honestly don't know. I'd have to look that up. Oh, let's look that up. Yeah, Tim, other questions? I don't have any more questions. Uh, so no? I, I would have one, one little question. I would like to come back to uh, the small companies and uh, the, the mm -hmm. individuals, uh, self-employed people. Um, isn't that too expensive for them? Or how, how do you do you do you have 
different membership levels and, and how do you manage that? We do actually. Now that thank you for asking that. That's a good point. The because one of the things that we like that we feel strongly about is elevating uh, smaller voices. Um, we have uh, different tiers of membership level. Uh, everything from contributing, which is our sort of all-in-one package, you can it, it's the the highest level. Uh, you can vote in and contribute intellectual property to any task force at any moment, at any time, join any voting list. It's really the, the you know, all-you-can-eat buffet. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have that down to what we call observer, which is you can come to the meetings. Uh, you're welcome to be part of the conversation. Um, however, you cannot you cannot submit intellectual property to a specification and you cannot vote. Um, but you can still be part of the conversation, which is where a lot of people start. So we have everything in between. Mm -hmm. And we also scale our membership levels uh, based on the revenue of the company. So if it is a small company and you would like to come in at, uh, say, Observer, um, that's a very small fee. If you're a very large company and you would like to come in at contributing, that's a much larger fee. But we try and scale it to the the, the size and the uh, the abilities of the uh, of the member company coming in. Okay, great. So I see no more questions on the live chat. Um, I have no questions anymore, Tim. Still no, no questions. No, we are already fifty minutes on the line, so. Correct. <laughs> Time is running. <laughs> Time's running. And I hope we, we could give our listeners a good insight or into OMG. And if there are more questions, leave us a comment here on YouTube, on Spotify, on Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. Yeah, th th these nice. are the locations where you can <laughs> hear and watch us. And yes. Thank you very much for your time, Jason. Yeah, thank, thank you very much for having me on. This has been this has been a lot of fun. Thank you. Yeah, we appreciate <laughs> it. And uh, yeah, unfortunately, we can't give you a next episode's date. We are still in uh, uh, in, in finding a date for for the next episode. Um, so feel free to subscribe to the channel. Do not. Uh, uh, so, so you are getting informed about our next meetings. And I think the last thing we could do is to say, trust us. We are systems engineers. <laughs>